fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. Oilers got the matchup they wanted. Rangers having trouble changing here. McDavid, beautiful move. All right, everybody, welcome back. Pucks in Deep Podcast. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Lesko, we're going streaking. I still have that movie on DVD. <laughs> what the fuck is a DVD? I still have some movies on VHS. Ooh. Dirty Work? Dude. I'm pretty positive Dirty Work is at my parents' place. Oh, man. VHS that, that, format. If we watch it, because we've talked about watching it, we should pull out the VHS just like old times watch it on there. <laughs> How is it even possible? Does anybody have a, v- a VCR anymore? I do not. And <laughs> haven't for quite some time. Actually, my parents I made, probably I made do. my wife throw one out when we were cleaning the basement. She had that in the boxes of Disney movies, VHSs. I'm like, let's get Disney Plus and give this shit away. <laughs> that, uh, you know what? Though you got to be careful because some of those old Disney movies are worth money. Like, I, like cash money well, we're just for getting, the originals. Just gave them away. Some kids enjoy them somewhere. It's tough, eh? Because you go through, like we went through a, a moment in our lives, like let's say, you know, the, the late 80s, uh, all of the 90s, and even the, into the early thousands where like we had a bunch of stuff that at the time you don't think anything of it. You're like, oh, that's fucking old Nintendo 64, you know, no oh, big yeah. deal. And then you, maybe you had that specific gold cartridge or yeah, something yeah. and you have the the book the the manual and the case and everything and you, you could sell that for like a couple thousand dollars or something but you just you just gave it away or you or you donated it somewhere or, or yeah. i don't know what and, that, and now you're kicking yourself because you're thinking man i had a bunch of money then i held on to a lot of that stuff but also parted with some of it as well and kind of when some of the prices started going up probably like five six years ago but like now it's it's crazy like it's things, crazy now. just things being rare uh alone drives up the price they don't have to be good yeah it's, like sought after it's titles. very true it's like shitty game didn't sell a lot of copies so there's not a lot of them but there's people who like there's so many people out there looking for every game of like super nintendo well, or collector's Genesis items or, or whatever something. but yeah man dirty work great movie uh old school as we heard in the clip going streaking i mean through the quad into the gymnasium uh, led by all the big guns on the Toronto Maple Leafs, the John Tavares, the Mitch Marners, the Austin Matthews, and the William Nylanders of the world. Absolutely putting the team on their back. We're going to get into a lot of Leaf talk a little bit later on episode 90. Episode 90, bro. Wow. 
We've come a long way. Three years. Joey Juno? Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Three years. September 2018 established. It says on all of our stuff, all of our shirts. There's a lot of uh, streaking hoodies. going on right now, though, on opposite directions. Wins and lo- wins yeah. and losses. You got shit streaks, like <laughs> shit streaks. like Arizona, <laughs> Chicago, Ugh. and oh, uh, God, some Chicago. good streaks. At least one five street. I've been ten, believe four straight right oh, now. Man, you said now, Chicago, you it, triggered me. It's been two weeks. That since McDavid we goal was fucking ridiculous. Oh, he made intro? all those guys look like beer leaguers. And I, I didn't catch who was on the ice. I saw the highlight kind of in passing on Sports Center, but. That little juke th- froze all four of those guys. I like. I couldn't believe how much he sold them that he was burning in a different direction. It well, was so sick. The most impressive thing for me on that goal, and and I proudly point this out because I'm not sure if anyone was really talking about this particular aspect. Yeah, he knifes through everyone. Okay, I get it. It's super sick. The dangle on Georgie boy was unreal. Backhander, open net. But what I was focused on was how... He exits the zone. He's like, he has it. He doesn't have to exit the zone. Most players would probably throw it into the far corner just to try and keep it on side. That's the old school way of thinking, Lesko. Right. The new school way of thinking is Playing possession. Playing safe possession. possession, yeah. You know? So he's inside the blue line. He's like, ah, fuck it. Goes outside the blue line. Goes pretty much to the red line. Does a little button hook and sees everything and says, yeah, I'm going to fuck everything up right now. And everyone's on their heels because they probably are feeling like I just mentioned earlier. Well, he's 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 exiting the zone. He one was, one guy was in deep. I think it might have been dry side. You could he tell, was in deep. He had to fucking come out and tag yeah, up. You could um, you could tell right away that he was going for it. Like you're like he's driving the net. He's taking this. He's not stopping with authority. And I think that's what um, catches defenders or you know the opposing teams off guard about McDavid is that. In a situation, one against four, where most players are not going to do that, they're going to make that safe play, chip it past you and try and grind it, you know, from the goal line. Sure. You know, you, you, sometimes you forget who you're dealing with, right? And there's only a select few in the NHL that can, can even fathom, you know, trying such a thing. And, you know, arguably you could say that I haven't seen anyone else do something like that in a, quite a while. It's well, like Sidney Crosby prime-esque Rick Nash type shit. I don't know, like Pavel Bure. Fuck Pavel like, Bure. Pavel Bure. That's probably the the closest comparison. Comparable, yeah. In the way that he burned those guys. You know, it's funny for me too. It's like McDavid. I mean, everybody knows the the guys. You know, I don't think it's really a debate anymore that he's the best player in the world. Um, it's it's his ability to in one in one millisecond go from just skating around and then all of a sudden he's engaged. It's time. Now, I'm not saying he skates around and he's not engaged at all times. I, I don't know really what I'm trying to formulate my idea here. It's just that, like suddenly he will just decide that it's time. And that happens in a snap of a finger. Whereas most other players, including all other superstars that you can point to me, they you can see that they're getting it charged up. They're getting it charged up like from their own zone or from the neutral zone. Like this guy has the ability to like charge it up from the top of the circle. Like a, that those quick bursts. The like, quick crossovers. You know, you know when they're teaching you how to like take off back in the day and like power skating like right. you know you're you're uh, from stationary like you're 
explosiveness, I guess, is what the, how they describe it now. Well, your first three strides or whatever have to be yeah, the best, have, you know, like to get you going, right? He he's able to pick up speed on on turns. Yeah, that, he makes turns and he picks up speed. He drives and he speed accelerates yeah. and he continues. He keeps his feet moving while he's dangling with the puck, which also I think is something that really does separate him from a lot of the other superstar players. That's Pretty, it. That's it right there. The other aspect of it is how. Being able to skate top speed with the puck, right? And handle it. Yeah. Like, not just, like, you know, skating and, and having the puck protecting it on your forehand or your backhand or something. He'll be skating and he'll be dusting it off, dusting it off, dusting it off. Like, he'll go inside, outside. And then, like, like you said earlier with the shoulder fakes, he's got this innate ability to, you know, make you lose your jock strap in the corner with one quick little shoulder fake. And, I mean, on a nightly basis, we, we get an opportunity to watch this guy. And I, I think it's obviously... Each generation, Lesko, there's there's a player like that. There's a player of that ilk, you know, that makes everyone talk. Whether you're a fan of the team or not, or even hate the team, you have to respect the talent of the player. But I don't know if we're going to... I don't know, man. Is it possible that we're going to see another generational talent come along that's even better than Connor McDavid? Like, how is that even possible? Not doesn't seem possible in the foreseeable future. So where are you at on Edmonton anyway? Or like... Are they are they real? Or are they just beating the piss out of a crappy division right now? Because when I look at the standings, oh. Calgary, you know, probably coin flip if they're going to be a playoff team this year. Going into the season, look off to a great start. They're positioned well, but other than that, it drops off pretty significantly right now, and mainly because Vegas is decimated by injuries, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and Vancouver's. Very, very pedestrian start to the year. Yeah, I mean, is this going to be back-to-back years where the Vancouver Canucks can't get it done for all the people out there that put their chips on the Canucks? Not to win the cup or anything, but but for them to be good, for them to insert themselves into the conversation of division, you know, challengers and and clearly playoff team, like definitely a playoff team. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate, man. Five, six, and one through 12 games. They're not even NHL 500. Yeah. And that's bad. But to your original question, it's a great question, man. I don't really know how to answer it. I think it has to be both. I think I think they are beaten up on a terrible division. This division is worse than the North. Yeah. Like, it's bad, okay? Seattle, obviously a question mark. Off to a slow start as well. 4-7-1 and one. through their first 12 games. They've looked good at times. They've looked bad at times. We're not quite sure what to expect there. More of an expansion team result, I think, that we have all expected uh, versus what we saw with the Vegas Golden Knights when they thrust into the scene and, and became an amazing team right away. But yeah, I mean, even if you just take Vegas and say that they're, they're, they're perfectly healthy and they're you know first or second in the division, that would be Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas. Okay, but the, the the remaining teams in the division, Anaheim, the only reason they're third in the division right now is because they've played two extra games and they've went to overtime in both of those games. So, you know, Anaheim, San Jose, L.A., Vancouver, we talked about them, Seattle, we talked about them. No one in that division is coming for the Edmonton Oilers. So whether you want to say they're good or whether you want to say they're beating up on the division, I think both answers are correct. I think it can be yeah, both. they're definitely good. It's just... I'm just wondering how much is, is inflated. It's almost like I have a hard time wrapping my head around how many points uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl put up. And I've seen them play, and I to- totally get it, you know, based on talent level. But I don't know. I just feel like they're getting a, 
a bit of an easier ride than let's say in years past for sure. Um, uh, yes, but they've got to respect them. One of the best teams in the NHL, you know, right now. Um, I'm still not huge on their defense, but it doesn't really matter if, when you got those two weapons. Now, here's the other thing. My other question about Edmonton, though, is um, like I, I see, uh, you know, early season awards, that kind of shit. When yeah. people are like, oh, okay, well, um, the heart, Con- Connor McDavid, but the runner-up is Leon Dreisaitl. Well, how's that? That doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like. If if one guy is clear cut MVP, then the the runner up on his team doesn't really matter, and I feel like you got to move on to someone else or look elsewhere. I think that's fair, but but here's my other thing with Drysital. Why does he always play with McDavid now, other than the you know kind of deadly duo sort of scenario? And they, for years they tried to have him drive his own line on the second, right? right? Yes. They tried to play them apart, and it just never worked well, out. Well, I wouldn't them. say it never worked out. They did well in the regular season. But they always went back to, they always to went David Drysaddle. Right. So, like, I don't know. Like, I I definitely respect with Drysaddle. Maybe because he's so much slower than McDavid. I can't. I'm not willing to put him there. You well, know? that's what that's the difference. Like, between people the talk two. about them like they're they're equal commodities because Drysaddle scores more goals. But like, it's I don't know. I feel like he's he's getting a lot of residuals there from. From McDavid, I guess. I think it's fair that you that you say that. I, I I disagree with you, but I think it's fair that you say that. Yes, obviously, if you take Leon Dreisaitl and you put him on another team, okay, put him on the Arizona Coyotes. He doesn't lead the league with 23 points in 10 games. But I don't think McDavid does either. I think McDavid is great and probably is a point per well, game player. Well, him having a finisher is huge. I and, think he's and a point per game player. is definitely a sniper. Like, you know, we'll yeah. take that away yeah. from him. So I think like a guy, you put either of those two guys on a team like, uh, like I said, the Arizona Coyotes are a good example early in this NHL season. You take either of those guys and put them on that team, cut their points in half. They're still elite players in this league. They're still turning eyes, but they don't have 23 and 22 fucking points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, Connor McDavid, He's well. We just talked about him at length. I guess I mean, there's generational not, talent. There is not a better one-two in the NHL right now that you can one-two punch for sure. No, no, and there probably won't be for some time. Like Point and Kucherov are there, but man, they barely played together. Yeah, in they the last two they years don't exist anymore. They don't even. That is not even a thing, right? That's right. I mean, Kucherov, like fuck, was he out the rest of the season or four months or something crazy <sighs> yeah. like that? Um, Popping back over to Vegas, uh, obviously the huge news uh, this past week was that trade. Jack Eichel finally moving on. Uh, they get uh, Alex Tuck. Uh, they get Peyton Krebs. They get a first rounder. They get a third rounder. So pretty good haul. I, You know, it would have been better had he been healthy. You, you, got, you can't argue that. Like, I figure there's two firsts in there if he's, if he's healthy, right? Well, I mean... I don't know. Maybe I, we're maybe we're not having this conversation if if he is healthy because that that seemed to be the final straw, the injury, the disagreement on the surgery that got him to say, "All right, I'm done here." Well, this is interesting because I've heard I've heard two exact opposites of the spectrum here. I've heard people say that you know Buffalo got absolutely fleeced, like horrible trade for the Sabers, and then I've heard it the exact other way. Horrible, horrible trade for like for Vegas. They gave up right. too much. Right. 
I don't understand. Like, I don't understand in sports sometimes how that can exist. Right. Like, how can you and I look at the same painting and see two different things? Two schools of thought, <laughs> for sure. Two totally separate things. Like, you're like, oh, I see a river at nighttime. And I'm like, well, I see New York City in the daytime. Like, how does that exist? Like, the, how can we both be right? I guess the problem is, is you're, no one's ever right when a trade is made. Okay. No one can be right for like 10 years. Well, it's maybe even longer. Because at, at, the, at the fundamentals of the trade, it's uh, Krebs, Tuck, and Magic Beans. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it, too. <laughs> so, because- you know, in five years, if that first turns into something great, say Vegas, where they're sitting in the standings right now, guess who's rooting against Vegas right now? Buffalo. Right. Say they fucking really dusted this year, come really like, low in the standings. That first could be a top tenner. I don't know. That one's it's sorry, protected. Protected, excuse me. It could be eleven. Could be eleven. It could be eleven. Good players okay. drafted eleven, right? And the other thing to remember too is yeah. if it is if it is protected, it gets pushed. So there's no there's no guarantee uh, that you know the Vegas Golden Knights are are gonna win win the Presidents Trophy next year mm-hmm. or the year after that because I, I think it I think yeah it pushes to a 2023 right. So that's that's or wait that that would be next year. Here's oh my what God, I love. Dude, time is flying. It's hard to keep track. The days. What I think is going on, man? Time is flying here. What I love about the trade, obviously, Eichel gets to get back on the ice at some point. Now they can actually have his procedure. Obviously, that was a prerequisite to this deal, was that the team was willing to sign on to his um, chosen His preferred path. surgery, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, like, Vegas, man. These guys are... In on everything, and like I, it got to the point where it's awesome. when there was a rumor about a player out available, I I kind of brushed off the Vegas thing. I'm like they can't possibly be in on Eichel too, really. Like everyone, ten million dollar player, they're cap maxed out for the last three seasons. Like, but no, like everyone, fuck, they they almost got uh, Eric Carlson, if you recall, right? They got Mark Stone, you know, patches on the trade market. Petrangelo, they you know fork out the dollars in the dough for him. They bring in Ron Leonard, like they choose they Leonard are, over Murray. Like, oh no! <laughs> if you're a fan base, you have to be in love with the product they're putting out there for the fans. Man, I'm not even a fan at all, and I love it. I, I watched the video today of just the Eichel. fact they're going for. It. They got that hungry early yeah. capital, you know, a lot of cash flying around. I, I saw the video today of Eichel arriving. For the first time in, in his in his Uber or taxi or you know whatever who I'm sure the team probably did he look hungover? Uh, no, he looked he looked he looked pretty pumped up, man. Like he gets out of the vehicle, you know how it is. It's Vegas. They got the they got like the dapper girls there, like dancing. Oh, the team's putting on a spectacle stuff. too, though. It's really they, cool. They want that shit to be online. So yes, and and they are a huge staple in that community early, man. Like I remember talking to people. Well, they're first the first uh, pro sports team, so like That's they right. knew they had to make the, the memorable. The, yeah, like the inroads in the community, make an impression, like get some roots, get those fans because. In a lot of cases, too, like you're not – I know most people aren't from Vegas there, so you you get your hockey fans with people who used to live in the Northeast or whatever. Yeah. But you've also like – you have to create fans. You yes. Have create fans well, of have, hockey. You have not to create just, local hockey fans. Right, not just of the team. Not just like, oh, I follow the local team here. Like No, no, but I see what you mean. Like obviously traveling hockey fans – are going to help sell out your building for sure. But I wonder what they're if they have a way of uh, measuring that. Like if they oh for if sure they, have they do numbers on like demographics uh, for sure they five thousand fans a day are, are yeah. straight up tourists. No 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 they have that they bought their tickets through a hotel. 
tour package and everybody knows that already anyway right because when you buy your ticket you bought it with your mastercard or your or your american express card and you know you registered your track that somehow your right? permanent address is to vegas so they would know if they're if they're selling their tickets to the locals or not but anyway the end of the story is vegas gets eichel it's going to be amazing it's going to be amazing for me because I drafted me. him, I drafted him this year in my keeper pool. Oh well, keeper pool, okay. But it's a it's a modified keeper. So now you better hope they don't botch that surgery. That's right. But it's a modified keeper, just so our listeners have are you aware. done the research? Did you do the research on the procedure before you made the deal? Uh, Why well, so did you bet the Vegas Golden Knights did? Uh, probably. But what I ended up doing was I had back to back picks in the sixth. I had my I had my pick because I won the league last year, so I picked last. So I had my pick in the sixth round, and then I had. The guy that actually finished last, I had his pick in the seventh round. So that was the first pick. So I had back-to-back picks, sixth and seventh round, and I went Kopitar. And I found out not long afterwards that several guys had Eichel lined up in the seventh round. In that Kopitar. In that particular round. Kopitar's putting up a couple points. Oh, Kopitar's too. unreal. So it was just amazing for me because I, like, I was going to take him and I think I was thinking about him in the fifth and I was like, no, it's too early. And again, for our listeners, it is a keeper pool. So there are 50 players that are already off the board. So you're starting to think like, oh, Jesus, that guy's available in this round. It's because all those players are already gone. So the top, basically some of the top, like top 50-ish fantasy files are unavailable to start your draft but I was thinking about him in the fifth and I was like no I think it's a little bit too early I'll wait one more round then he hadn't gone and I realized I was like man I have two picks right in a row I'm just gonna go Kopitar Eichel and put him on IR so that's what I did and then I'm kind of checking the updates and I'm like man I I just wish he would get traded because the sooner he gets traded the sooner the procedure can begin and uh, basically what we're hearing now, let's go, is it is possible that he could be returning to game action Before in, the end in of the just season. over three months. Yeah. He's got to be jacked too because, you know, he could end up and he could end up pretty much anywhere. And yes. to hear that like Vegas is in on you and a team that, well, you know, going to the season perceived cup contender, that's got to get you pretty amped up. You're going from Buffalo. Yeah. To just Vegas. A, abysmal losing culture for for years. Well, and think about the city itself. I'm not, I'm not harping on Buffalo here, but like, I mean, like, I mean, it's Vegas, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to Vegas instead of having to be you in know, Buffalo. You might get some more general enjoyment out of his life. General, I think that's. Safe. I mean, he's going to be on the IR, but it's a little warmer there. He'll be a little more comfortable. You're right. Uh, what do you think about like? What do you make of the rumor about the Flames offer? Like, first of all, do you think it's true? Oh no. Secondly, definitely not. Oh, you it don't was think shot it's down. true? Well, it was shot down. That Kachuk was even on the table. Oh, what? Oh, I didn't see that. that. Yeah, it was um, somebody pointed out later on in the evening. I think after oh. it had been reported. So there was some conspiracy. I guess we're in conspiracy territory here. Okay. going around that that it was a leak on Buffalo's behalf to yes get yes. them to up the ante. Yes, that's what I right? said. Like that's get them to I pay said. a little bit more. Like get them over the hump mm-hmm. and. It was it was uh, apparent that it really wasn't close at the end, as that Calgary had offered something that was nowhere near. But I haven't seen any confirmation of what Calgary's offer resembled. Well, I mean, Calgary being off to the great start that they are, it, it's hard to imagine that they would have disrupted that exact lineup. So I'm thinking if there was, and I'm sure there was some form of offer from Calgary, mm-hmm. I highly, highly doubt 
that it had anything yeah. to do with any player on that team that's making an impact right now. So it could have right. been multiple firsts, also a second, and these two prospects that we have, like basically Magic Beans mm. for, for Jack Eichel. No, no impact roster player at all, just, just strictly Magic Beans. Whereas at this point in time, Buffalo does get a pretty solid player in Alex Tuck. I think he's being underrated here. I think he's not being I think he's being a little disrespected during this whole trade thing because clearly the key piece is King Eichel. He's okay? definitely a a top six forward in the NHL. And of course he is. Lots of ice time over yes. there. So that's that's a not a terrible thing for his career. I'm probably gonna pick he, him up in fantasy. He was always val valuable in deeper fantasy leagues. I and, might even uh, look him right now. See he, what he's uh, because he would come up on the uh, uh second line often whenever uh somebody was injured and then also produced pretty prolifically on the power play. Yeah, he so, did. Yeah, definitely good for, uh, I think, at least 20, 20 snipes there in the last couple of years. Uh, we moving on here? Oh, yeah. So Tuck isn't even going to be back until, oh, he's like, mid-January. Right? Mid mid I wonder if that was a... Uh, hey, never uh, mind. I'm not picking him up. I wonder if that was part of the, part of the deal there where it made it easier for uh, Vegas or uh, not to have to address cap issues right away by... You know, getting rid of his cap. LTIR for for LTIR. Right. Like I want. I bet you there's some some mumbo jumbo there that we know nothing about. Well, we do know a little <laughs> bit about it, given what the Leafs recently did, right? And we we kind of talked about that at length last year before the playoffs, where they were accruing uh, injured reserve salary caps right. so that they could they could actually recapture that overage. In actual money to spend on the team, it's right. a, I can't. I'm I'm doing a terrible job explaining it. I but think it I explained it well. Something about when we that. We did talk about it. Yeah, you 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 accru you accrue more cap space, but it's on your injured reserve. But it actually counts towards your overall cap space. So then you actually you then get like a daily amount of cap hit, which is like a crazy crazy calculation by you know the guys like Brandon Pridham and Lawrence Gilman. Those are you know Kyle Dubas's right hand men. When it comes to uh, navigating the salary cap, but yeah, it's been uh, it, it's an interesting one, man. I really, really can't wait for him to come back. I just think overall, like my my fantasy uh, implications aside, just overall, man, like it's going to be really, really nice to have Jack Eichel back in the NHL. It's kind of like when we were missing some of our big players, man. Like when Sid went down. I guess I'm I'm most interested in seeing when uh, if and when he has an opportunity to potentially play in the Olympics. Not sure if that's going to happen or not, or if that's even possible. But I'm sure Team USA is keeping uh, him on the radar. Man, maybe he's back. Like he could be back. He could be back like end of January, getting ready, like basically no games, and then just step right into the Olympics, try to win a gold medal for USA. It'd be Man, amazing. I'm pumped for that. I'm pumped to see China get waxed too at the Olympics. Do we know what group they're in? Not to put you on the spot, but no, are there no groups? Idea. There are groups by now, though, aren't they? Like, is Canada going to even play them? I think they are. Oh, my God. Be massive shit show. It's just going to be terrible. And people want to watch that instead of watch the NHL. That's going to be a spectacle in itself. <laughs> to see, like a, like, a senior A men's team basically play the best <laughs> hockey players in the world. It might, best not, team it the might world. not even be as good. I don't even think it would be as good. As a senior, like I'm excited to see how bad they are to the, the point where, like, look, can they even handle the pucks? The thing is, they'll look so bad because they're playing the best in the world. Like, maybe they wouldn't look so bad playing, like, 
I don't know, the Arizona Coyotes or a KHL <laughs> team. I don't know. <laughs> I still think the Coyotes would shit pump them. Probably, yeah. They no, might not even touch doubt, the puck. Not even probably. Like it's, They might not even touch the puck. It sounds like it's bad, but I keep hearing that, no, they're not pulling out, they're not pulling out, but uh, it's, it seems like there's still some pressure going on in that s- situation because I think there are parties that don't want them to partake. Well, that's probably the right call, but that's not for me or you to decide. It is not because we are not on the International Ice Hockey Federation or IOC or whatever you need to be involved in. Some of those crooked organizations. Right, yes. Speaking of which. Speaking of, we've had a, <laughs> a, a bombardment, I guess, of that in the NHL in the last well, several months, but obviously a lot more noisy in the last... I guess a few weeks after the uh, the report was pu- published there, the Jenner and Block report investigation, and third-party investigation that went on with the Blackhawks. Pretty pretty good to see that he got the whole thing. Um, I know at the time when we had talked about this back in the summer, we thought there's no fucking way we're going to see that unredacted report, and we did, and it was a, a massive bombshell where the... Wait, the 103-pager? Yeah, like where the repercussions were are were still being felt and and will for quite some time. I you know I guess the nice thing is we haven't done an episode in a while, so we were able to kind of let the dust settle and see what happened. And which I think was was like necessary. Well, also like leave it to the pros, leave it to the people who are actually like you know the Rick Westheads and Katie Strangs of the world who were are making the story, like making it happen. The people who've been talking about it for six months before. It became like not just front page sports center, but front page like news news. Yeah. Yes. It's it's an ugly, ugly story. So I read parts of the report too. I read the whole thing. I read too much too much of it. And probably more than I had to to get to get a grasp. I was more interested in seeing like, okay, where Who knew what happened and who knew and where it was going. Like what trying to project basically what was gonna happen and and the who knew part was my favorite and at, uh, at most interesting already my opinion at that point was these anyone who knew was needs to be fucking gone if they're not gone already so like bowman gone that's no brainer didn't really like the way he talked about it um didn't really like the way the players did anybody about talk it about it very well no not really outside of the blackhawks organization i, I pfft, the blackhawks organization like has, player- fumbled, has fumbled this repeatedly, you know. I know the owners. We all in know front that of this, um, but like players and representatives from other teams did a better job. Yeah, I like commenting. I guess on that it. there's somewhere where where Sheldon and Mark Chipman and who, Mark Chipman, who's involved, I guess, in the, the board of governors, wherever have the NHLs run. So his words matter. Um, just the tone. That, I mean, they did a better job than the NHL did in that abysmal press conference that that Bettman and Bill Daly did. That was not their finest, finest hour. And I get it. Like they're not the, probably the best guys for this role. Like if they had a spokesperson, yeah. he would have came in handy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, fuck man, what a absolute shit show. Like an absolute shit show. I don't even know where to begin. You knew it was going to get worse. Like, cause I remember we talked about it and we like, Hey, we don't know a lot. You know, we'll see what happens. Well, something you know, was like, going to happen. You know, we want to call attention to it, but it's like, 
fuck, who knows what's going to happen? Because who knew what we were going to ever find out? True. It's true. True. And they, they didn't trust the NHL and, and the Blackhawks and whatever to, de- to deliver. So, But, like, they stroke him a check, and we never see the 103-pager. Right. We don't even know exactly what happened. Yeah. We don't know some we of those. We just find out people are disappearing throughout the league. Incredibly suspended. graphic details. Yes. Okay? Like, not necessarily the reason why I read the report. However, let's not bury our heads in the sand, okay? While it's not something that we enjoy reading, it is important that we know. What happened? Right. It's like the importance of, and I, I was shocked really to, to see that, you know, Sports Center that night, you know, Rick West had interviews him and it yeah, was. Yeah, and he revealed himself. That it was, was powerful. Like, you it had, was. You had to watch it because it just, it's something that doesn't happen uh, often in life. In life, let alone in let sports. Let alone in sports. No, Kirsty watched it with in, me too. It was a big moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it was powerful. Like it, was it was a moment of and change. If you haven't seen it, watch it, um, and, and like listen and check out everything that Rick Westhead has done on this and is still doing on this. Um, I know he was on uh, on Dangle's podcast there, and they did a, a whole episode about it. Uh, oh, they a did few weeks back actually. Oh, okay, too, wow, which is definitely worth a listen. Where he kind of talks about it at length and and the severity of all that. It was this. I don't know, like. What pissed me off about it, other than guys going like a decade unpunished, was that like it just it can continuously got fumbled, you know? Oh, over and over and over. Like the, right if from, you heard right Taves from and, if you heard Taves and Kane, especially when you we heard repeatedly from guys like Brent so- Sopel, Nick Boynton, everybody the, knew. T- the report, everybody knew. Everybody and these knew. guys come out here and try and play the you know, like I didn't know like Duncan Keith. Oh. Comes off looking like a fucking piece of shit. Didn't even want to do the says, interview. Says and and that's the first thing I said. When and I don't believe anyway followed up immediately on that question where they said, "Were you interviewed?" And he said, "No, I wasn't." But didn't say I declined to participate right. in that interview. But obviously, the leaders of this team, approached. the leaders of this team, the guys who were supposed to have your back, guy in the fourth line, guy in the black aces, everybody within the organization, like. The leaders on this team fucking not only fucked them 10 years ago, but didn't have the balls to fucking show up and contribute when they could have made right in some slight way. Okay, but let me ask, let me, let, let me put it to you this way, okay? Here's, here's where I'm having trouble with this. The players, uh, you know, Taves, Kane, Keith, whatever, okay? Anyone that's, that's commented. You, you hear from them. The most like the thing that they say the most is that they wish they did more. Okay, they know about it now. Apparently, they did or did not know about it. Let's 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 ignore that fact. Okay, let's pretend that that's not a fact. Who cares? They say now that they wish they could have done more. They would have they would have spoken up or or whatever. But they were focused on playing hockey. That's what I keep hearing. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we were in the middle of the cup final. I, well, we were, we were advancing to the cup final. It's not like it happened in February. You know, we were advancing to the cup final. It was a very important time for us. Uh, it's the cup is is on our minds. I get all of that, but where I struggle with this is he wasn't even around the team. The Black Aces, they don't even they don't they don't go out with the team. Right. They don't live in the same hotel as the team. They don't do anything with the, road the team. Even. They don't do anything right. with the team. So what would in what fucking world 
Would Jonathan Taves, the captain of the team, after having heard this from everybody, apparently everybody fucking knows, it's not like this one random thing that I can't verify, everybody knows this. What is stopping Jonathan Taves from going to ownership or local law enforcement? I don't care. What is stopping him from going somewhere and saying, listen up, we have a fucking problem here. This is the guy's name. This I'm not giving you the other guy's name unless well, I don't know. Just my point I don't want to go too far. My point is what is stopping him from alerting the proper people and then fading back into playing for the cup. For that, you know, I'll point to uh, I think it was was it Maxim Lapierre did a French language interview in Quebec where he basically said, "Yeah, on on the ice great leader." He's like, "Off the ice small person." Really? And I think that is probably what sums it up best, and it's interesting. But but then not just him. Anyone else? Then yeah. Well, any, any and anyone like and you think about it, the the Chicago Blackhawks probably winning the cup after shortly after this happened is probably the worst thing that could have happened because here you have everyone caught up in the cup, winning the cup, and everything else is just it's not even secondary. Just yeah, background fucking noise. Gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're going on benders. You know it's. Like, I, I, it's not an excuse, but it certainly probably made it easier for them to go, okay, well, we got all this going on, and they're trying to capitalize and make money as they do. Yeah. And dealt with it in the quietest manner possible. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a colossal fuck up, and I just have trouble with all this time to think about it and deal with it. And know it's, this day is coming. And how poorly it was handled, um, you know, by by some of the players. Like Duncan Keith, dude. Like, what's who's stopping you from fucking calling them up? Because he said recently when they followed up with him, asking him about why he didn't participate. He's like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm thinking back. I should have, you know. That's what, what I'm saying. They call them. What's go the do fu- it? What's the problem? Go I, do it. I, then. My problem is what? Like just because the investigation closed or like finished for now that, that you can't contribute now if, if you really feel that way. So, like, this guy just comes off as human garbage. But I just don't understand why alerting authorities or or, or, or anybody else, okay, Wurtz, the Wurtzes, maybe let them know, the owners. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand at all how alerting anybody means – that it's going to affect your ability to win the cup. It just seems he's not in the room, dude. Nobody, nobody cared enough to do anything about it. He's not in the room. Really, I know. If and he was in the room, and it was an elephant in the room, and he told you, and he told you and the boys, guys, what you're hearing about me is true, but we got a cup to win. So I want this on the back burner. Nothing has happened. We're brothers. Let's go win the cup together. That's a different story. I can get on board with Jonathan Taves and Kane and Keith and all those boys not speaking up. If he, if Lesko, you're the one that had this happen to you. I'm the captain of your team. And you have asked me and the rest of the team in a closed door meeting to, you know, put this on the back burner until we win the cup and then we'll deal with it together as a yeah, team. That's awful. That's different that's, though. No, it's not. What do you? No, yes, How it is. is. Different. No, what I'm saying, I'm trying to say. You're dude, saying their justification for it. We didn't want basically with John. Joe no, no, Quindle you're misunderstanding me. Correct? Listen, okay, hold on, I, I gotta not, stop. You're, you're misunderstanding I hope so. me. I hope so. I'm saying 
they decided that winning the cup was more important than alerting people. I don't right. understand how alerting someone would have changed yes. their ability to win Correct. the cup. What Correct. I'm saying is if he was a member of the team that was on the roster playing in the playoffs games with them and came to them and said, guys, what happened is true, but I want to put it on the back burner until after the playoffs. I want to win a cup with you guys, and then we'll go to the authorities and stuff. That's like a ridiculous scenario. But, but if that came from his own mouth, then I could at least I could at least give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they reacted. They, we don't they need to come to up to thing. hypotheticals where true. we give them the benefit yeah. of the doubt. No, 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 no. True, true, true. I'm just kind of, I'm trying to point out how ridiculous it is, bro. Yeah, how, right. How I'm trying to point out how fucking point, ridiculous, how ridiculous it is that the they, point, they, they yeah. thought that they would not be able to win a cup or they'd have less of an easy time winning a cup if they would have alerted people. I don't get it. Yeah. He wasn't in the room. Yeah, He I, wasn't at the team dinner with you. I don't it get had it. Nothing to do with logic and everything to do with not caring enough. Like Fuck. just not caring. Like not taking it seriously, not caring. Not like, caring at when all. I, when I read that shit about Joe Quenville, I was like, this guy's never coaching again. Well, he coached He's that night? Done. And the fact that he coached that night was fucked. The fact that he coached that night was fucked. On the, so many the levels. Nobody, the Florida Panthers organization looks bad. The yeah. NHL looks bad. Everyone looks fucking bad. They're still held to pay. The NHLPA's got held to pay still. They're, they're going to fucking uh, commission their investigation when they said two weeks ago that there's nothing more to fucking say. Dude, and the biggest... And then now they're fucking... They're you know, coming back on that. So... I, I don't like the biggest farce of the fucking Quenville situation, bro, is that not only did he coach, they removed him from the after game presser, which is pathetic. Yeah. I don't even know what other fucking word and I can use to describe coaching. it. It's a fucking joke because you know what happened, Lesko? The old boys club protected another yeah. of their fucking members. Yeah. They let him coach in the game and they said, Joel, we're not going to put you out in front of the the, the, the podium. Uh, because they're just going to ask you questions about the allegations and the Kyle Beach situation. So we're, we're going to protect you, and we're going to let you fade away into the fucking distance. Because you know what, Lesko? He didn't have to answer any fucking questions about it, which I think is garbage. He coached in that game. Put him on the fucking podium. And Bill Zito goes up there, the GM for the Panthers. Zito goes up there, and he looks uncomfortable as fuck, and people sympathized for him. Right. I feel bad for Bill Zito having to go up there and... and but he and, didn't and, and, have to. No, he didn't have to. if fucking Quenville was a man, he would have went up there and fucking done it himself. Or if Zito was or a he, man, or if he, he would have put him on administrative leave. I guess I guess he would have fucking never coached in the game in the first place. Fuck! dealt with the issue back at the... Back God when, damn uh, it, that Quenville situation is fucking like, bad, talk, man. Talk about a coach that you like was held in such high regard, and it's just like his reputation is fucking... <laughs> Zero right zero. now. Zero. And, and Stan Bowman, reputation, zero. Negative. Never working in the NHL yeah. again. You're fucking done. So where are you on Shovel Day off then? I, I, see, I saw I on the notes you were kind of... Want- I don't get it. Like, see, and I'm kind of on the other I, side. You I didn't read the whole report it. though, eh? I did not read it front to back. So, so I did. So, so maybe you can enlighten me because I know Jerry's explanation wasn't good enough. Basically saying, oh, he was he's just not... Uh, you know, not a very uh, big part of the organization. You know, not senior management. Like he's just assistant GM of the yeah, fucking team. Yeah, but see, so so so, so that's th- my problem with it. Gary's Gary's explanation was confusing to me, right? Because it kind of that 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 wasn't the angle that you sh- that you needed to take, Gary. The angle that you needed to take was that Shovel Dayoff was 
and I believe this to be true, Shevel Dayoff was unaware of the details. According to what is in the report from multiple different sources... So he had some degree of plausible de- deniability. Whereas, had, whereas in my the opinion, rest of them... Whereas, in my opinion, he had great deal Whereas the rest of them denial. had more They knew everything. Because they all tried to use the same thing. Yes. St- Stan Bowman tried to play it off the same way. That we didn't know the details of it. No, but they we did, though. We, you know, Everyone knows they did. Right. But you see, according to the report, the only person that places Shevel Dayoff in the meeting... At the time when the details were disclosed, is Shevel Dayoff. Well then, but Shevel so no, but no one listen though. But Shevel Dayoff's account of the details was that it was a non-wanted advancement. So it was. So what that tells me, an advancement is brought up more than once. But an advancement is way fucking different than right. what happened to right. Kyle Beach, bro. Yeah. So a major rep- misrepresentation of the facts because I did hear or did read about how um, it was brought up in, in two different contexts, but they all tried to skate off on that same fucking excuse. But they couldn't. Based on the report, and you got to understand this, you know this, Lesko, because you wrote, you read some of the reports, so you understand the structure of the report, right? Where they interviewed everyone individually. And then they came to a consensus based on everyone's collection of the facts. Right. They came to a consensus. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything they said in the report is 100%. But they can come to it with a pretty great certainty of, of, you know, without a certainty of doubt. So the point that I'm trying to make here is early on, I was saying Chevy's got to go. Like, obviously, Quenville's gone. Chevy's got to go. Okay. But then after I got... everyone's involved, I read the report. It probably took me like four or five days. Like, I read a few pages each day. Um, and I didn't like, I, I got, I got through it, but what I got, what I got after the report, after I was done reading the report, it became evident to me that I believe that Shevel Dayoff was unaware of what actually transpired. Right. Now, if he was aware of exactly what transpired, does that mean that he for sure would have been the one fucking guy in that whole room that went and told somebody? No, I don't think you can you can just award Shevel Day off the, the Medal of Valor for, for right. saying, I would have blown the whistle. So, so but the point think- is, is I don't think he knew exactly kind of like what really right. transpired there. Right. Now, does, and does he get a bit of a pass somehow? Because earlier in the summer, I think... I know the question wasn't super pointed, but he had let on that he had just figured out with the rest of us or found out with the rest of us. So was he really in the dark about the details all this time? And that was that was made clear by the report? That's a fair question. That's a really fair question. Because initially my reaction too was, well, well, he fucking lied earlier when he was like, oh yeah, I just, you know, like just like everyone else here in the media and didn't know the, ex- the extent of things or whatever. So... Yeah, I mean, but again, we don't want to do too many fucking hypotheticals or right, speculations, right. but at what point is he going to be like, oh, 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 I wonder whatever happened with that weird thing. That Because again, based on what the report says, it really doesn't seem like Shevel Dayoff would, like I personally, God, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I don't think that I would have thought much of it either based on... Based, based on, on the way he... 
recalls it being described. And the way other people recall it being described, because like I told you, don't forget, eh, the only person that places Kevin Sheveldayoff yeah. in the meeting when the details were disclosed is Kevin Sheveldayoff. But Kevin Sheveldayoff's definition of details is different. And the other so people, that's, that's, hold on, dude, hold on, sorry. The other people in the meeting, they all recount that there was a meeting and Sheveldayoff was not present. And then Sheveldayoff entered the room. They right. called him in after. Right, so so it was misrepresented to him what the concerns were. That's it, how I prior feel. to him being there, or there was two separate meetings: one where the details were discussed, and one where it was misrepresented. Yeah, what was I, going on. I think it's the former, where yeah. where it was the same meeting. Because again, I I'm, I'm a little hazy on the details, right. but I remember them so we'll saying give like them a, we'll at give one them point. A s- a brief pass, but you're on thin fucking ice. <laughs> bomb notice. He's on bomb yeah. notice. At least, at least we'll give the Winnipeg Jets credit is that him and Shipman actually kind of, I felt like, handled that well. I didn't, like, I wasn't interested in listening to him, you know, because I was very just like, I was just grossed out. You're a little angry, You know what I mean? Maybe, like, still? you're just like, I don't care. I don't care what you think about it, honestly, dude. Like, just say you're sorry and fucking. Sure. And, and move on. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I. I don't know. Like, it could have been genuine. He came off pretty genuine, and Mark Chipman came off very genuine. So, like, it was it was worth their while, I think. But at that point in time, it's just I think we're still in the initial reaction where I'm just like, I don't give a fuck what you have to say about it. Say your story and get off the stage. But you know what's interesting about that, dude? Don't you think that? Don't you think that that should? Alarm some bells, though. Like all the people, all, all all of or whatever, something like all, <laughs> all all of the people that gave brutal press conferences or horrible sound bites, like Taves and Kane kind of did. You know when they stood up for Bowman in a terrible time to do that. Yeah. Okay. Like all those people that had terrible pressers are guilty of being terrible people. Something. Yeah. Something. Good point. Shovel Dale, on the other hand, and Chipman, what do they give? Right. What seems to be a very genuine, f- uh, forward and honest press conference. Cleaner be- consciences. Because right? they have cleaner consciences. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. They, they got to hire some new PR people in Chicago or some shit. But okay, but what was, about Donald Fear? Yeah. So That's a big one for me. That one. That one's interesting. So I guess they had not done a leadership review yet because they're doing this investigation. Yeah, correct? that's on. Yeah, that's so going to come out soon too. Yeah, probably. So that is, well, that's a whole nother question. And sounds like there's some rumblings out there where there's members of the PA who are not impressed right now. So wouldn't be surprised if there is a bit more noise there, especially once we get an investigation, get the details of basically where, how they failed. Cause let's be honest here. Well, it's a huge there's, fail. There's fails all over the, all over hockey in this uh, respect here. Um, that, that Batman daily thing, they, they, I, I haven't seen Gary squirm like that. He, like maybe a little in the lockout seasons, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, this is different. This is way just out business. of his element. Yeah. Fucking just, just looking like a dumbass. Like I, I, it was bad, dude. Like, you know, I, I know lawyers speak and all that and, and, and trying not to create any liability or very like admission of guilt or whatever. Yeah, just That's like, the big one. Ah oh, man, the, the the two million dollar fine thing was a very well phrased and blunt question, and it was like ah different circumstances, different thing. So so fucking what you're saying is that that uh, 
uh, Phoenix cheating the combine, getting heights and weights of dudes was uh, yeah was 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 worse than this. Buying they a, find they hoodies. find the New Jersey Devils more for circumventing the cap on the Kovalchuk contract yeah, yeah. ten years ago than they did on this. So like that, I'm sorry, but that is that's fucked. Yeah, and and that I don't know what they how they could fix it now, but that's fucked. Well, I mean, there's no fixing a, a monetary value. And, and to be completely honest with you, while I do agree with you and the majority of people out there that are kind of I would scoffing. have been smacking them down so hard. 10 mil. And picks. And picks. Fucking right. Yeah. Yeah, smack them down. Dude, you, this can't happen. This tarnishes the NHL's brand. They lose money. They, they To put it in the business Gary language... If they lose money from this yeah, shit. Yeah. Like this costs them. This is bad press. This is, uh, and you know what the problem is fundamentally, and I think I probably uttered these same words in the podcast, is that sports organizations, corporate culture, uh, companies around the world, they treat real problems like PR problems. Yes. How do we make this go away quickly and quietly and what do we say to make it better? Yes. It's not how do we fix this fucking problem that we have. And never have it again. Yeah, how do we exactly. deal with it? How do we correct it? And and how do we how do we sleep at night? Right? Well, I don't know how a lot of these like people make sleep the at right night, fucking decisions at the time and deal with it at the time, and you're not having this problem. Instead, they're like, "Oh, we'll fucking Stanley Cup. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna sweep this on the rug and go quietly there a couple weeks after he has his fucking date with the Stanley Cup." Yeah, come on. Yeah. That oh it I so, just I just got infuriated. There hey, for no, a it's second, good, man. Emotions, emotions here on the Pucks and D podcast. Jesus Christ, episode ninety at Coleman forty two at Lesko Adam at Puck Pod. We're diving in. It's been a couple of weeks. Well, it's been more than a couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded, and then some for the Chicago Blackhawks scandal. Um, I want to ask you, dude. I I'll preface my question with how I feel. Normally, I ask you first to get your honest opinion, but I'm going to tell you ahead of time how I feel. I just uh, yelled a bit, so uh, you can have the power. I think, I think, or I believe, that this story died at the hands of Donald Fear. You, you know me. A lot of people know me. Uh, on various occasions, I have been a fairly staunch Gary Bettman defender. While I feel he is a bit of a dink, but it's a business okay? case. Most of the it's time, a, it's oh, a it always case. is. Yeah. No, always it is. Okay, always it is. Now this is different. This is people's lives. This this is a, a legal concern. This is a terrible, terrible situation. And I'm not sitting here trying to. Oh, whoa. I'm just saying I wanted to know how you felt because it is on record that the NHLPA was was notified, and if Donald Fear. At any point, whether it be text message, fucking smoke signals, or carrier pigeon, if he told Gary Bettman about this, he's gone. Then it's absolutely over. Everybody is gone. However, before the results come out, and here I am on the Pucks and D podcast, I'm going to say it. I firmly believe that the story died at the hands of Donald Fear. And. And if anybody's obliged to do something about it, it's the goddamn NHLPA. They're supposed to have players back, active or not. Because I remember there was somewhere in there somewhere that was like, oh, well, He's he, a black at the ace. time we came to our attention, he was playing in Europe or something like that. And it's like, so? 
Oh, right, because it would have came. Oh, to so their... it's not your problem anymore. But he was on. He was in. He was a part of the NHLPA then. Right at the time when the shit happened. At right. The time. So like, holy moly! Like, they gotta find out where that died, and if it died, like, pretty much at the hands. Like, if fear. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it sounds like he knew. Well, why wouldn't he? Like, why, why would, why would Kyle Beach and his lawyers and representatives yeah. recommend fucking lying? You've yeah. gotten this far on the truth now, and we're gonna lie about that. There's no fucking way, bro. So obviously he knew, and I, that's that's just my choice, okay? That's my choice, and it's it has nothing to do with how I feel about Batman or whatever. Like I I, I agree with everyone right. else that Batman's a bit of a he's not saying he's much a dweeb either. up there, okay? I get yeah. it. He's a little dweeb, but he's a lawyer. His job is to make money for the league, and yeah. you know people. People really harped on him for uh, a specific part in the press conference where he basically people were saying that he denied providing assistance for you know Kyle Beach or, or whatever. But basically, like he's a lawyer, he can't he can't answer that question the way it was asked because if so, then he admits guilt, the league admits guilt, and it completely fucks their ability to negotiate a settlement. Right? Be mad about it all you want. It's called. Law, okay? That's just what happens right. in the world. Guilty or not, people settle. It's just what yeah. happens. Well, now they're going to settle. So the Hawks weren't going to settle up until the report dropped and then said they're working on a settlement. But previous to that, had literally three days earlier tried to get the Tried the, to kill it. The, the suit dropped. So. Yeah. Corporate culture. But that's an organizational lawyer, thing, Lawyers right? speak on one side and PR speak on the other. Um NHL could have used a spokesperson or a press secretary or something yeah. there. I, and Bill Daly came out like an idiot too because he said that they uh, were in touch with uh, Key Malou's. Uh, I don't know how, why he brought that into the equation. Yeah. Just serving yourself up a smack in the face. He says, oh, well, the, the racism investigation we did on behalf of uh, Akeem Malou's uh, it's accusation done. is done and we've been in touch with his people. And like five minutes later, his agent or whoever's lawyer is his like, lawyer, yeah. no, 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 they haven't been. So like... <laughs> Dig up, stupid. Dude, that's Holy so bad. fuck, man. Dig up, like, stupid. Man, I can just see, like, <laughs> Gary, like, smashing uh, Bill Daly over the head with a hammer, like, Three Stooges style, because he's pissed off, and I'm like, way to go. Like, you, you buried us. They, you, oh, it, it couldn't have got much worse, and then that, that came out. And, and, you know, it's great in that the whole <laughs> NHL is talking about it. Uh, every channel, every everything. I, I can't recall a time. Have you ever seen um, Sportsnet air TSN exclusive content? No. It's the only time I've ever seen it. And let's be honest here. They should. Oh, they should. Have, and they made and they the right did. choice. Yes. But there was an interesting follow-up to that. So there was a lot of criticism, and I think probably from you and I when we t- first talked about this in the summer, about the lack of coverage around it. The insiders, the the guys who are really in the know, not talking about it. The investigative journalists, the actual journalists who cover hockey, Katie Strang and Rick Westhead, were looking into this shit. Yes. Following the court papers, you know, getting in touch with the does. But the big guns. The big but guns the of big the world. Guns, the guys the Freedman, with the, Friedmans and right, uh, the guys Simpsons. With, or, with all the followers, you know, those guys, crickets. Yeah. Um well, I mean, a pretty pretty decent segue there. Um, what'd you What'd you think of the seven minute long emergency apology podcast by Elliot Friedman? Yeah, so Elliot Friedman on did thirty two thoughts where he dropped just a, a quick one of basically 
apologizing for lack of coverage. And I guess he, he, he's so cryptic, eh? Like the way he talks, it's not. He is. I agree. And with he's that. A, he's a tiptoeer. Yeah. You know, in, in the in his way with words, and uh, it, it, that that's almost what makes him intriguing to listen to and to read. Yeah, is that you're like picking up on things. You're always trying to decipher. Oh, what, right. what could he mean? Because he's always, why did he say he's that? Pussy. He's a habitual pussyfooter. He <laughs> he won't tell you directly what he knows, but he'll allude to it. Pussyfooter. So anyway, it word. was that was a weird one because he. It was weird. I I thought it was okay. So I'll give him the the one pat on the back for for admitting it that he dropped the ball among many others and in not kinda, pursuing he kind of apologized for the network too like he made it he said something about resources not in the right places okay like basically basically saying like nobody was knocking on my door saying go get this right now right get on this well maybe not so much that but more like what we heard from luke fox when we, we when we had him the first time on the on the show where he said you know, your producer is banging on your door every day looking for new articles. Yeah, I'm looking so, for 1,500 words on fucking the Leafs. Nazem Kadri's cat. It's always. It's right. always that way, right? So by virtue of that, it's kind of the same thing, Lesko. Like, not only are they not banging on your door saying, go cover this, they're banging on your door saying, cover everything. Right. Cover everything. We need a story now. We need a story now. It's got to be now. It's got to be current. It's like it, it can be difficult, I'm sure, to juggle that. But I, I, I don't, I'm not sure where you stand on it just yet, but... Again, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna come off pretty stupid here. This is a, a very difficult podcast to tiptoe around. I'm not gonna lie; I was a little nervous to record. I wish this I was pod, good at tiptoeing as Elliot. Yeah, was. I was a little nervous to record this pod, but honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like that apology thing. I thought it was weird. I thought it was. I think it could have been summed up in a tweet. Do you think he could have written it better, like in written words? That's he what I'm saying. Come yeah, off better. he could have. He could have an open letter. Right. An open letter to his followers. I, I'm. You know. I. 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 I regret. That would be it. Like, uh, not. I'm sorry. It would be. I, I regret that I didn't chase this. And 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 now that it comes right. to light, I realize maybe if I would have put some effort in, I could have helped. I could have assisted. Yeah. But I didn't, and therefore I'm sorry for that. But the, I just I kind of felt. And I don't mean to, I, I kind of, again, I hate to say this because it seems mean and I don't mean it to be this way. I love Fridge. I love what he brings. I think he's a great guy. But I, I felt like it was ill-timed and it mm. kind of screamed, look at me. Mm. I uh, There's two parts to that, right? Like there's the, yes, like there's, I, 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 I kind of see what you mean by saying that. But also I'm thinking like he felt the pressure. He felt the heat in that. There were a lot of people at this point calling out like, yeah, well, you're all talking about it now. You're all on TV talking about it, but you couldn't make a peep about it months ago. And I, I wonder if it's this this thing where they take a backseat. Because let's be honest, these guys are – none of them are – I mean, they might have went to journalism school. They might say journalists in their title, but they're not fucking journalists, right? They're analysts. They're insiders. Right. They're commentators yeah. basically on hockey. Yeah. And there are very few who take or like journal, not just journal, like an investigative journalist, and that's how I describe Rick Westhead. Oh, most definitely. So I think there's a a feeling among the insiders, analysts. Well, this is my role. I, I do radio hits. I do podcasts. I'm on TV. I'm just I'm just regurgitating regularly. Just yeah. regurgitating. I'm yeah, not, it's true. Lots of hits, and, same and, thing. And that's what happened is they, they were forced to regurgitate TSN's work on this. 
it's like they they take a back seat to the Rick West heads of the world and go, well, this is this is in my wheelhouse. But I think I can't help but think about the obvious thing that people point out and criticize the Draggers and the LeBruns and the these guys of. They like you don't want to burn your sources. You don't want to have Steve Eiserman or whoever call you up and be like, hey man, come on, like, come on, don't fucking bury me here. You know, actually, I'm not. You know, don't call me again. Sure. Like, I feel like they're that is such a think of how clicky hockey is well dude sports and old boys club i was just gonna say that is driving right into old boys club town right like fuck you are protecting yeah you are you want to be you got there to where you are elliot freeman became elliot freeman by making friends around the nhl yes everyone got to be who they are because of that right it's not, you know what I mean? I'll throw you a bone, Elliot. Yeah, we're going to, we got a first rounder Dude, on the table nobody, for this guy. Nobody in the world comes out of the fucking womb and yeah. gets to the top, okay, without knowing people. It's just the way it is. Yes, yes, there's hard work and there's pure talent, I but think, you got to know someone. Everyone has to know somebody. And, and I don't recall if he admitted it directly, but I think, and, and I've heard some pushback to this idea from some of the, the larger players in the game, but I think that, any of these guys, whether it's CJ or Friedman or whoever, like needs to strike a better balance. We'll say between between reporting hockey, reporting hockey, and, and reporting, reporting important off ice stuff. Even if it's hockey, like it, this is is part of hockey. It happened in the NHL. It's hockey. Like it's it's fair game for you. Or sorry, I guess I should have said like you're on not ice just stuff here and... to tell me about transactions. Yeah. You're or trade tra- rumors. A bot could do that. Yeah. A bot can regurgitate fucking trades and, and, and signings to me. Yeah. You know, you add value as a... As, as a, a human being. Well, yeah, and as a, a, Be com- a, human a commentator being. or whatever, like, you know, we're just commentators. We're, we're analysts in a sense in, the, in what we're doing right here, right now. And we gave it the time of day. You know, when we finally sat down and did a podcast this summer, we it took us, you know, a bit and we didn't spend a lot of time on it, but we mentioned it because I thought it was important to fucking mention. So I just don't understand some of these guys can't muster the strength to like give it some time because this shit came out in May and they weren't saying shit. Like until the heat really came on and they announced the the, uh, the investigation, nobody had talked about it. Well, I mean, man, think of their platform. Like, think of the ability. They have the hockey market They cornered. have the platform. And you know what? I never really considered it. I never even thought of it the way that you just put it in, in the sense of burning bridges or, you know, potentially sewering people that you are going to hopefully call upon at some point in the not too distant future for, you know, sound clips or, uh, you know, more importantly, insider information. But it's still, it's still really bothers me because at the end of the day, if he thought, and by he, I mean Elliot, like if he thought that, you know, allowing the likes of Rick Westhead and or Katie Strang or anyone else to, to chase the story, I think that, I think that's fine, you know, uh, because even do though your part, no, I was just going to say that I was just going to say that, but at least contribute. Because my, my thought process there was it's fine for me to say, okay, my, my colleague, and he is my competitor. They are competitors. They're friends, but they're competitors. My, my colleague and competitor, Adam Lesko, has a deep dig into this story, and I'm going to let him run with it. 
However, at the same time, I know what the story is. And it's wildly important. It's just wildly like, yes. important, just not like, only in this fucking sport, but in this world yeah. that we get this sorted out. Therefore, I want to offer all of my available resources. If you need anything, you fucking call me. Right. And he wouldn't have to apologize in a seven-minute-long podcast. He wouldn't right. have to do that because he, he – He slept on it. He's admitting he slept on it. Yeah. Like he, think about it. He was admitting and putting himself out there, but he was massaging it in the most gentle way possible that I slept on this completely. Mm-hmm. Fuck, he – and the thing is, who who knows who slept on this 10 years ago? We don't know. We'll probably never know. Well, we don't know the extent. And yeah. We, and we, we, we no You idea. know what? The best, the best idea that we will get and we will ever get is that 103-page report from Boone and Jenner, Jenner and Block. That'll be the only – that'll be the best – the best handle that we can get on who knew. And that kind of brings me back to – the shovel day off part. Like, well, it brings I back change- to the players. It doesn't cost you anything to be a good guy. No, that's and what like, I was trying if, to say like, earlier. If you're talking about, like you said, a fucking serious issue that fucking transcends sport. It's fucking bigger than sport. It doesn't cost anything to be a good guy. It goes back to uh, the players who, who, who've uh, 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 still abandoning their former teammate, you know, the managers, everybody who failed, failed in this regard. So the hope is, and like, the other thing that bothered me of the press conference, and we'll move on after this, but the platitudes and the half-baked plans that they were said. Well, we have a worldwide network of support. I think they were alluding to like support to anyone who's been in the NHL ever. Like, okay. So that this doesn't get missed like when it came back to the PA or whatever. Yeah, whether he was but in I was the like, league or but not. But don't tell me that. Tell me, what, tell me the thing that you made. Don't tell me the idea you have. Yeah. I, I, it's early. It's early. I get it. One at a time here. Yeah, one okay? in front of the other. Right now, today is admit you fucked up. Yes. Three weeks from now, give me the fucking solutions. Yeah. Okay? Don't tell me the half-baked fucking thing. And then later, they're like, well, what about that? And like, oh, we've been working on it. It's two years later. And they're doing a press conference, something else bad. And they tell them they have it when they don't have it. No. And all they're fucking saying at this point is, yeah, we got a hotline. Call the, call the hotline. Ooh. Call the hotline if you, if you got sexually abused. All right. Okay? Like, oh, we had a hotline even at the time or whatever the case may be. But you're right, dude. It's moving on now. So we had all the news broke. The shit hit the proverbial fan. Okay, big time. And you're right. I'd like to have seen maybe today on a Monday after the weekend, NHL implements this. Right. Or on Thursday, the NHL backs up their word by implementing this or something. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I guess one other aspect of that uh, pressure that they looked really bad too was when they said – well, why don't you have a policy? NFL has a policy. Uh, NBA has a policy. And they said, well, we deal with it on a case-by-case basis. Well, fuck. Well, clearly, that does not clear- work whatsoever. <laughs> oh, clearly. Whatsoever. You, like, clearly, you do not. Just smack yourself in the head with a hammer three stooges. Just fuck. All oh. right. Before we move on, oh. last one for you on the topic. Okay. And well done, my friend. I must say, this was a tough one. Well, um, like, props. Here, cheers, fuck. buddy. Cheers. Couple of beers. Beer. This is a three beer pod. Cheers. Has to um, be like my last question for you. Yeah, you got to drink after you. Cheers. My last question for you is: Is the cup tainted? Oh, and yeah. and, and and on what level and to whom? Uh, all of them. That whole that whole club. Everything. That whole everyone who was involved. Everyone was involved. Everyone knew. And at the end of the day, some of them know that they knew and they got to live with that shit. Okay, but let me ask you a but question. But the whole thing is 
But let Rubs. me ask you a question. And again, please, listeners, understand that I'm just I'm just asking the questions. Okay, We're, we we do a podcast. It's about generating discussion. So that's what I'm doing. Where do you stand on the the puck is down and there's 60 minutes to play a hockey game? You say that the cup is tainted for everyone, players, coaches, management, owners, everything. I I agree. I do. I do agree. But I also, I also have a difficult time in my mind formulating the idea that the whole thing is, you know, bad or erased or doesn't mean it's anything. It's not erased. It's not null and void. They won it. But you know what I mean? Strictly on the ice, like you said, 60 minutes. Yeah. Seven game series, whatever. They won the cup. Great. But that whole group of. There's. The key players are all tainted now, right? So that is what makes it unpalatable, is the word I'll use. Okay. You know they say cranberries are unpalatable? <laughs> okay. So the, this know, cup is cranberries. Did you know cranberry juice is basically the only use for it because you just, you just can't just muck a handful of them. <laughs> that's how that's what they describe. I think it's like second sentence okay. in the Wikipedia on cranberries, unpalatable. That's how I feel about the, the, the like. That's a polite way of putting what the okay. Blackhawks are right now. They're okay. unpalatable. Because it's just I have heard varying takes on the topic, you know, and I think it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time to state your opinion on like, something. We're mad too. Like well, you know? we got mad just talking about it right now. And I Agreed. knew, I knew like we, you know, we, like I said, we want to wait for it to happen. Let the pros fucking deal with it. And then yeah. we'll, we'll get, you know, our, our two cents in and more than that. It's hard because like your, your immediate reaction is, is fucking anger. Like anger. you have to be, it has and, to be. And and not being able to imagine what it's like to be in that situation whatsoever, and like how how much was lost because of that. I just think it's a difficult thing to quantify in terms of, you know, who who are you blaming? You know, not you, Adam Lesko, but. You general, I mean, you yeah. the listeners, society, you guys are driving, the system. Yeah, like you guys are driving around in your car right now. You're you're at work or listening to us at the gym or taking a dump or something. I don't know. You're listening to us right now, and you've formulated your own opinion. What are you feeling? You're the listener. What are you feeling? Are you thinking that you know the <laughs> x out all the names on the cup, uh, take away, take a, take it away? You know, like, and, and I think you have to be careful with that. I do. I, I think you have to be careful with erasing history. And, and I'm not that worried about that. No, no, not to know, say that I'm worried either. It's a either. fucking trophy. It's a plaque on a trophy. Yeah. I'm more concerned about what the fuck are they going to do about it. And Moving and forward. We, Let's move on. That we right? fucking, that it gets, it continues to be dealt with. Well, excuse me, not move on. We're not in move let's on move, territory. Let's move forward is what I right. meant to say. Move on is, is lacking right. empathy. Let's move forward. At the end of the day, it's a fucking piece of metal. It's a like, hall with some plaques in there. That's <laughs> the well, classic like, overdrive line. Well, let's let's just get like <laughs> let's get real. Like cut down to brass tacks. The fucking big hunk of metal that gets chucked around once a year by a bunch of drunk people. Right, but like, it's but, let's solve no, the fucking but let's go. It's what it stands for, though, right? And it stands for 
teammates, camaraderie, leadership, winning, dedication. And that's what bothers me the most. Dedication. Like they had a team-oriented reason as their excuse, or as Quenville's excuse was a team-oriented one. Well, we don't want to disrupt the team. We don't want to fuck up the team for, a, like you said, a fucking video coach. End of story. Joe Quenville, go move to an island. You're fucking done here. Fucking, you're not even going to get a Babcock University fucking pity position there somewhere in no. the CIS. You're fucking done. But what if he does? How angry would you be? Uh, it's pretty fucking gross. Like, I know you got buddies in hockey, but like, just do yourself a favor and take a walk. You make take a lap. Bucks. Just, just go off in the sunset. Yeah. You oh, think about it. Think of how. Oh, he's got his money. He got off scot free. He did. That's what he I'm saying. Like no consequences. No consequences. <laughs> he got to resign. Yeah. He yeah. got to resign. I know. They gave him the dignity and Bowman the, de- the dignity of resignation, not relieved of his duties. Resign. That's how. That's old boys fucking protection at work right there. Oh, oh well, you know, Joel. Yeah, we'll just. We'll give you the opportunity to resign, but just know if you don't, we're going to fucking suspend you into <laughs> yeah. infinity. Anyway, all right. Uh, how far are we? I feel I'm exhausted after that. Hour and a quarter. All right. Hour and a quarter. We got some time for the Toronto Maple Leafs. A quarter being a quarter of yeah, an hour, so think not about, 25. Think about how exhausted we would have been had we done a podcast that was like two hours of Leafs two weeks ago. Yeah, No. Yeah, no, right? Well, on top of... I think maybe that's part of why we took the break. We're like, this shit's going down. The Leafs are terrible. Like, this this just could be a like, Bad. dismal, dismal podcast. We're going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> this is on this, air. This, episode, like, this. <laughs> this is the last episode. But we're so close to 100. The NHL is folding. The Leafs are fucked. Blow it up. Yeah, actually, if you want to flash back, when we did, Blow it our, up. When we did Pucks and Deep Live, we had a, a huge talk on the Brady Kachuk contract and we also discussed the Morgan Riley contract and basically we were both in two different sides of the same bus. We were basically saying uh, he, he's all but gone but do you trade him or do you keep him? And lo and behold we get an eight year, seven and a half million and I, man, I'm a huge Morgan Riley supporter. Fuck, a big fan of his. Love Test of Virtue. All that kind of stuff. Right. So I'm jacked that he's staying because I had written him off into the sunset. I Me thought, too. I thought it was Allah Zach Hyman. He's, he, 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 we're going to keep him. He's going to walk. I think that's what I was arguing with you about. You mean, and you said, no, like you were kind of advocating for like, well, what can we get for him if, or where they have to be? And two weeks ago when they were fucking dog shit, I was like, if this is what we're looking at, he's, he's gone. gone. He's gone before, gone. before February. I before thought Christmas. he had, I thought he had to be gone regardless i just didn't see he was the most movable asset i could see and like now we're the conversation changes in a week right i don't even understand like a week ago i I don't even understand exactly how we would have even fit him into the fold it didn't make any sense to me then it clearly makes sense to me now Mm -hmm. uh i still think though that we are in a situation where what happens next Something else is going to happen. Right. And the rumor mill has it that Dermot and Hall are being shopped. Mm-hmm. And by shopped, I mean take them. An interesting uh, turn of events considering you know, all the hoopla about Hall being protected in the expansion draft. But also, just what a, what a different look from what we walked in the season with. Because 
Muzzin and Hall have arguably been the best pairing for the Maple Leafs defensively speaking yep, defensively. for a couple of years. And the Leafs need that pair to be good, and they were awful. They have been awful. awful. And it's funny. <laughs> one of the best tweets I saw, t- fucking tweet of the week here, was somebody – because everyone was speculating, like, what's wrong with Muzz? Is he injured? What's going on with him? And somebody said he was injured uh, for the first uh, – seven games of the season for piggybacking Justin Hall around the last <laughs> two seasons. <laughs> that's that's funny. I don't know if it's super fair because it's we, not. I don't think it's super fair because no. we've raved about Hall he, and, and I love Muzzin to death, but he was awful in those games too. Yeah, he, he had was. his own errors, isolated incidents. Uh, we'll say, but Dude, was, the whole team was bad. It was hilarious. And yeah, the, the big guns were not producing. I think Spetson and Simmons were our best players for, Actually, still playing phenomenally. Just gross. I mean, it was like, ugly. Jack Campbell, God oh my bless God. his beautiful Fucking soul. Fucking Vesna candidate Jack Campbell. Let me take that guy. I hope Mo took him out to Red Lobster after he signed that deal. I think the whole team should have taken him out to wherever the hell he wants to go. Probably <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy's Mr. Nice Guy's Steakhouse. Well, we're take him out for a that, deal. Uh, I, say, I can't even point on one particular game just because in every game... They have been, they've played well on this winning streak, but they defensively, they're still giving up a lot more odd man rushes and breakaways than I'm comfortable with. And Jack Campbell has erased a lot of those. Oh my goodness. Those high danger saves that Freddie was not giving us in the latter part of his tenure with the Maple Leafs. You mean the ones he's given Carolina now? The, the ones that he's the Vesna <laughs> favorite with right now? Fuck! So that game uh, came, what was it, after they, that Penguins loss felt like, that felt 2012 Nashville 8-1 or whatever year that was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't that, that, see it and I felt, I'm happy. I didn't. I listened on the radio and I tuned out mid-period second. I was hungover, so I was lucky to go to bed. Was it, a, is that Saturday night game, right? It was a Saturday yeah, night yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. We had a show. And Our it, band had was, a show that night. It was one of those nights where, where there were the so many injuries and then I think there was guys out with COVID where it was like, oh, yeah, the Leafs, they'll find a way to lose this one. And they didn't only lose. They got fucking embarrassed. Dummied. And then on Carolina, response night, you got Freddie in town. Uh, or, no, sorry, you're in Carolina. They got fucking David Ayers there. Like, come on. Like, go out and wax these nerds. Like, let's do it. And they did not, they did not show me enough in that hockey game. I was very disappointed with their output. Very happy for Freddie Anderson, though. Yeah, listen, I got nothing against Fred, okay? I, I, I honestly, oh, I we wish love him, him well. We lo- I love Fred. I've been a, a, a again, staunch Freddy supporter. Um, I'm not surprised. They have way better defense than the Leafs ever had. So you got to think the I, – I don't know the numbers, but I bet you if you looked up uh, high d- danger scoring chances against Leafs versus Canes, I'm going to bet you the Canes are much better in that statistical category. What happens – if Jack Campbell goes down, Jack Campbell injured tonight, what do we do? Oh, we're going shopping. For who? Don't know. Start looking. James Reimer? Are we, bringing, looking. are we bringing James Reimer back? We've got some guy in the coast right now. He's lighting up for the growlers. I think he's 4-0-0, 9-something save percentage. Are bring we, that guy up. Are we, are we going to bring back league-leading GAA with a 1.6 James Reimer? Or are we... Where's James Reimer playing hockey? What? Reimer's playing for the Sharks, bud. 
Oh yeah, right. He got okay. some of the sharks. And then and then Martin Jones, formerly of the Sharks, is lighting it up with Philly. Okay, so no. like there there are yeah. He's, he's got a nine fifty. What about Kata Hot? Well, Hart's the starter, but Jones is Jones has only played a couple games. Oh, so he's been great. In a couple well, come on, you can't have a fucking nine fifty, and and not only play a couple games unless you're Sergey Bobrovsky this year, who has a nine forty eight and has been absolutely on fire, turning the clock back to when Sports Center with Jay and Dan was actually good. Oh, now it's just Jay. Well, he's yeah. so lonely. Yeah, you're, you're right. Okay, and they Anyways. can't give him a new partner because no one could play play ball with him. Eh? Point is. Point is. You're right about that. Point is, what the fuck do we do? Like this is this is not a good situation, man. We we entered a, a well, what was a fucking okay. three so, year deal so with Mrazic? Three year deal with Mrazic. Cur- currently, Mrazic's on the shelf for four weeks. So. Yeah, but then he's gonna come back and get injured and be back on there, dude. Like I hate to say it, I, I love Mrazic. I was so pumped about this deal. I'm still so pumped about this deal. Well, I, I don't okay. I don't want to fall into the I can't. This Calm is down. so terrible. I dropped him in fantasy. Calm down. It's over. Calm down. Okay, so the Leafs clearly gave him three-year deal. Not worried about this injury narrative that you are spinning. But they should have been. Did you see in the Amazon documentary when somebody had their? I think it was Simmer had his wrist fractured, and he's they put this like I don't know, it looked like a suction cup on him, and it was some device and. They were asking about what it is, and he's like, oh, it's supposed to like mend the fracture faster. And I'm like, what kind of fucking medical voodoo, voodoo. Do they got going on here? <laughs> like, shit you've never heard of. That's a pro multi-billion dollar yes. pro sports franchise. Absolutely. They got this thing that just makes your bones heal faster. Yeah. Wow. I think it was like giving you <clears throat> nutrients that helped your bones. I don't know. I don't know shit about it. Somebody look it up. Tell me. Email me. Fucking hit me up on Twitter. Please tell me what it is. Realpuckpot at gmail.com. Honestly, dude. I was just I was just pumping it up. Sorry I changed the subject. No, no, yet. no. Totally. The thing is scary because we know Hutchinson's coming. We know he's coming. He's back. coming. He's back. He's back. He'll be back in no time. Joseph Wall was back. He'll be back day. this week. Or do you think they throw Joseph Wall to the Wolves? Like, the Leafs I mean, play back to back this fire. week. What do we play? I think it's Calgary something. Has it's, Joseph it's, Wall played an NHL hockey game yet? Why are you going to make us look bad with a question like that? I should, you know what? Instead of asking questions to you out loud, I should just look them up. And then ask it. Oh. Because you know the answer. To make you look good. Well, make me look bad. Oh, I don't yeah. mind if you make me look bad. You shouldn't be making the fucking Pucks and D podcast look bad. We don't know the answers to our own goddamn questions. Okay, listen. We play back-to-back this week, Calgary, and then in Buffalo. So you obviously know that we're losing the Buffalo game. Because it's in Buffalo, so there's going to be 18,000 fucking Leaf fans there, oh, and they're no, going to they've, lose. They've been dust in Buffalo the last few okay, years. Okay, but like, Buffalo's been playing that well. That Buffalo thing's not a... Not a smoke old, and mirrors? Well, you know, it's what did they go like? It, it felt like 15 years or something. They couldn't win a goddamn okay, game but, in Buffalo. But, bro, we play Calgary the night before Buffalo. So, obviously... So, Michael Hutchinson's coming. Obviously, or Jack Campbell plays the Calgary game. Yeah. We probably win it because we're unreal. And then we go into Buffalo on a second half of a back-to-back. I'd love you to pull up that stat because I don't think it's great at all for the Leafs. Not just for the Leafs, but for most teams in general. The, the second half of a back-to-back Joseph is probably Wall's not great. Joseph Wall's never played an NHL game. Okay, I knew that. I was, just, I, was just, I was just waiting for you to find out yourself and get on my level. But seriously, like, what do we do? Does Joseph Wall play Buffalo? Sure. Can we win that game? Yeah. 
Will we? Can will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't see why not. Okay, so we. You know what's funny? We really got on a tangent because we were talking about the defense, and we didn't even take time to talk about Timothy Jimothy Lilligren. I. You know what? I have to. I might record a totally separate seven-minute podcast where I apologize to Timothy Lilligren. Well, I think we're probably on record on here on the show, like to make it clear. I, I was. I was ready to. Yeah, you know, I gave him benefit of the doubt for a long time. I but did I, not. I, I was basically like this. I I was not I had no expectation. If this guy fizzled off and became a career HLR, I would have been like, okay. I shot him. I, into I the would moon. have not been surprised. So I am surprised, pleasantly surprised, that he has taken Justin Hall's spot and made the most of the opportunity. Biggest difference I notice on a regular basis the mobility. Yes. The guy is in the right places and he can wheel around the ice. Pretty good. He's actually, you know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. And to put he, it into context, he's putting in himself defense, in good positions. Rasmus Sandin is their best defenseman right now, almost by a lot. And that's uh, maybe a slight knock on TJ Brody for having a bumpy start to the year, we'll call it. Is Brody playing tonight? He was injured in fa- uh, I seen he was injured. He said fantasy. maintenance day last I checked. He hurt himself, uh, but he finished the game. He hurt himself trying to carry Riley around the oh, ice. Yeah, he, yeah, he skipped <laughs> practice. Yeah. He's not listed as injured on Yahoo, so if we'll see. If Muzzin got hurt carrying Justin Hall around, then Brody got hurt back-checking for Morgan Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Off back, of Morgan Riley did, pinch. How, how many times does a defenseman have to back-check in his life? Yeah. You know, it's not really a prerequisite for being a defenseman. I'm a good back checker. Um, yeah, listen, I I am. I I am sorry about the Lilligren call. Like, he's proving me wrong, and I'm very happy about it. I'm very happy about it. Um, I don't think he's necessarily out of the woods yet. Like, I, maybe I won't, like, notarize my apology letter and send it via registered mail for $28.97. Wow. I might not do that. Is that what it costs? Yeah, I know that because I'm an insurance broker. <laughs> I have to send registered notice when people don't pay their fucking bills and they get canceled. So registered mm. notice. Um, don't want that. No, you don't want that. Other than Lilligren looking fantastic, I couldn't agree. Uh, Matthew seems to be back on top, uh, scoring goals every time. Uh, John Tavares. One time ago, you love to see it. Uh, Tavares looks great. Like Tavares. You know he's he, he what is this is this our fourth year with Tavares? I think so. Okay, he, he's he, not... he he's coming into his own as if as if he's always been here. If you know what I mean, like he made his name as a junior, a second... an OHL exceptional talent, and then he was in New York. Okay, he was on Long Island forever. He was a generational talent there, one of the league's elite stars. But now in his fourth year as a Leaf, he has like he's always been a Leaf now. He's settling into his role on the team. So he is, he's produced in the years that he's been here, but I feel like he's he's embracing that next role to his career, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, That's he's what a I'm veteran saying. guy, right? Like, he's not the young stud coming up in the league anymore. And I think he's he looks like he has a bit of more of an edge to him, I want to say. You want to know why? I've seen him talking on the bench, and that, that just, one day I was like, oh, He's talking to somebody. Look at him, yeah. Because sometimes he just looks like he's staring off into outer space. He's just like, well, remember that time the puck almost hit him in the face? Yeah, he didn't And he move. was the only person on the bench that yeah. didn't move? You're right. He's in outer space. So honestly, my fa- I, one of my favorite Leaf memes. Uh, oh, probably the best. 
other than good one, Randy. Yeah. Good Anyways, one, Randy. Um, you know, you mentioned the edge. You don't know where it comes from. Maybe I, I got an answer for you. I think it's because when you look at his trajectory from when he was, let's dial it way back to when he was 15 years old and he was OHL exceptional status. Okay. From that moment, it was like, I'm going, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to win cups. I'm going to win all these. awards. like the, the, the world was his oyster then Lesko. And guess what? Father time has been chipping away and chipping away and boom, as of right now, he is clearly on the other side of that hill. He's climbed up to the top yeah. and now it's time to roll down the bottom. Now, are you going to roll down the bottom on something safe that you're confident in that, that can get you to the bottom safely or are you going to go crashing into the trees on the right? Like At this point in time, he's on a team. He can lead. He loves the team. He's grown up as a fan. His heart is here. I'm kind of flying off the handle here right now, but like, it, I just feel like he has now developed the pure heart of a leaf. And now we will see that on the ice for the next several years. Will he be able to continue to put up the points that he always has? Probably not. I think okay? just but he will do he will do well by this team in many, many other ways. Many other ways. Like you said on the bench. And I think too, when Marner got hit by Sergachev, that gutless fucking hit by Sergachev. Tavares went over there and fucked shit up immediately. I liked that a lot. Liked it a lot. Liked it a lot because we don't see enough of that from this team at all. And and I kind of – I feel like a lot of teams see them in the light of we're not afraid of these dudes and they're pushovers and when the going gets tough, they fold. And that's really what they've shown us when the going's gotten tough. They've folded year yes. after year after year. They deserve In regular that season title. games that they shouldn't lose and, and whatnot. So They've earned that title. There's no I, joke about if, it. If you're going to at least not be a pushover somewhere, that's where I'd like to see it, where somebody's fucking around with your players, you stand up for your teammates, plain and simple. Yeah. and, and That you know shit what? goes a long way. And it go, and might be the old school of me, but it's important. Well, let me talk about another player quickly, too. I mean, we got to get going here soon. Game's on in like... Well, game's on in like 25 minutes, 20 minutes. But like... Let me talk to you about Austin Matthews, okay? So from 2016 on, when Austin Matthews broke in the league, his first game, four goals, I one of my favorite things, probably my favorite thing about the player was how pumped up he looked every time he scored. Oh my God, this guy loves to score. And I said the same thing about Ovechkin back in 2004. This Russian guy who just scores loves goals. Sellies. Oh my loves God, he sellies. loves to score. And not only On does... On pace for 56 goals this year. And not only does a guy like Ovechkin, you know, talking about him back in circa 2004, not only does Ovechkin love to score, he fucking loves when you score. And you score and he scores. He loves when anybody scores. It's not just him. And Matthews has that as well. Now... Don't get me wrong. There's a few times where Matthews will score and he'll do the nonchalant thing. But that's because that's what the goal called for, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, if they're up, going up 4-1, he's pretty like, eh. But even not. Even sometimes it's a huge goal. And depends, he, and he will just Is be like, like... Saturday night against Montreal? <laughs> you know, a little different. He'll be like, And if they I score a nice it. goal, they get pretty jacked up. Yeah, like, but like I'm you thinking... See, uh, like, Marner the other day too when he scored that dirty goal. The spinorama against yeah. Vegas, right? Yeah, it was sick. Yes. And and, and the OT winner. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Nylander, Nylander, you heard it in the intro, the one-timer. Like, Matthews gets so jacked up, okay? And that started in 2016, 2017, and so on. But you know what he did? You know what he didn't have in 2016, 17, 18, 19 for sure? And I kind of want to say last year as well, let's go. You know what he did not have? Fucking edge. Like, don't fuck with me, edge. And I'm seeing it this year. Definitely He's some, cross-checking he motherfuckers, de- man. He de- He's taking penalties now. He definitely had uh he definitely had attitude to him, right? But he wasn't um he, he wasn't, wasn't physical he wasn't about boist- it. He wasn't boisterous. He and, wasn't physical did, about it. We did talk about this uh, last playoffs. We we complimented kind of his physical game uh, maturing anyway, especially uh, utilizing it on the defensive end of things. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed him actually getting pissy with his teammates on the bench. Yes. Uh, I believe it was Justin Hall actually. Too he slow. Was too slow on, on moving the puck up to him in the neutral zone. And he, he was giving it to him. And I... I liked it. Like, I, and I liked I'm it. a big team guy. I'm like, you know, fucking have your guys backs, like fucking keep it positive and stuff like that. But sometimes, especially when shit's not going well, sometimes you just got to be real. And, and, and he was, and I, I, he's a leader on that team, whether he wants to be or not. So what he says and does matters. Yeah. But think about it, man with it goes, it goes with any walk of life. You are going to have conflict. How you deal with that conflict is what makes you. You know, if they if they are bad right now, do they like? Does that scene get painted in a negative light? Like, oh, say they keep losing, they lost that game, they they lose the next two. Oh, most definitely. You know, Matthews are they sped like? Up. Oh, look at Matthews. You know, not happy in Toronto. Sped up. He's like, going to Arizona. Do you see like? Isn't <laughs> He's that going like to a, Arizona. A, a media thing, quote unquote. Like how you could how you could place that. That well, because you could just be talking about all oh, Leafs are, are losing and maybe something's wrong in the room. And they just show that clip, even though it's not actually evidence of that. But it's but it's 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 not only hindsight bias, but it's also recency bias. It's what have you done for me lately? And if things are going bad, then you're going to start rolling the tape and looking at shit during this losing streak yeah. and look at all these things and the players are losing their minds. Oh, they're even yelling at each other on the bench. But you're right. All of a sudden they go on a five game, a five gamer and you can point to that as a positive. So you can see it as both a positive and, just and I a liked negative. It. Plain and simple. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was like, good. It's nice to see somebody barking on the bench. Like I, I've complained about this before is that they show the bench all the time. They're down two, one, three, one, whatever. And they're all just sitting there hanging their heads. They ain't even looking at the iPad. You know, at least that they're looking at the iPad. You're like, they're studying. Good they're trying. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, you want to see what went wrong there? Or why can't they break out? <laughs> oh man. I don't know. But listen, it, it, it's going really well. Um, I, they better win tonight. Because I'm calling this episode going streaking. Yeah, we look like morons if they don't. If they don't, well, we did win five in a row. And we did record the podcast before the puck dropped. Make so that, Make that very clear. Make that very they clear. Sh- it is clear. I mean, at the time of the recording, we're on a five-gamer. We're going streaking. Will Farrell's calling it. They got to win tonight. Will Farrell actually noted LA Kings fan. Jackie Boy wants to win this tonight for sure. Oh, there's money on the table for Jack. There's money on the table for Trevor Moore. That's a, oh yeah, Trevor Moore. How many goals does Trevor Moore score? I like that guy. How many goals does Trevor Moore score? At least one. I'd say he scores 28 seconds into the game. 
Leafs win 5-1. We might have missed that already. Leafs, no, it's 7.30. Oh. Leafs win 5-1. Trevor Moore scores 28 seconds in. Everybody loses their minds. Leafs win. NHL loses. Blackhawks loses. Do you think, do you think that someone other than Nylander, Marner, Tavares, or Matthews will score yes. tonight? Wayne Simmons. You think? Oh, oh, oh! Are we throwing out some locks? Another here former, on the Pucks and Deep podcast. LA King, former LA King Wayne Simmons. Oh, what about Jake Muzzin? He's too busy carrying Justin Holly's back sore. Former LA King Jake Muzzin maybe gets a goal. No, but seriously, are you are you expecting? I know we're hoping. We're always hoping for secondary scoring. Oh, I, I'm not locking in a bet on that. But no, but we need. We that's need, a good reminder. I gotta throw throw some sprinkle some dollars around on. Shot props, dude, have been hitting on. But we need Shot to props. we need to make sure that there's someone other than the big four because the last right. hold on the last eleven Maple Leaf goals have but been not, scored by those four. Not complaining. But we will be complaining when we need them. Yeah, but that, come on, dude, that's not a good thing. <laughs> like, oh, that's fine for now. It's not it's a just, good. It's, it's not such a, good a thing. small sample size. We're talking about four games. Four games. Yeah, but what about the four games prior to that when they weren't scoring? Yeah, it's the same thing. Just don't extrapolate it. Like, don't project it on the entire outlook of the team. <laughs> we can't live like that. We're going to kill ourselves. We can't live this way. We can't live like that. Hey, remember last year when we lost, or last, whatever, in the playoffs when we lost against Montreal and I said Not that. that long ago? I said that I was going to remove my emotional investment. I've been. Have you not been playing it cool during the games? Absolutely. I have a new lease yeah. on life. Just curl up in a ball. Ke- no, just... Kirsty enjoys watching games with me now. You're pleasant. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. And the other night, when the Bruins scored on the power play, just prior to the goal going in, Marshan passed it over to Bergeron, and I said out loud at my friend's place in Kingston, I went to visit them, and our goddaughter, so cute, I said, I need this to go in. And then it went in, and Kylie... My buddy's wife, she's like, oh, Josh. <laughs> like, you know, it was 4-1-2, I think, or whatever, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, they're coming back. <laughs> it's 4-1 against the Bruins. What have I done? I'm not getting crazy. Like, I'm still – I'm trying to enjoy it just as hockey and watching it. But uh, – Wake me up when the my, playoffs My start. F-bombs for 60 is way down. Oh, Almost negligible. The jersey hasn't come out yet either. Jersey hasn't come out it's yet. It's not either. come out. All right. Well, listen up, folks. Follow us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Let's Go Adam, at PuckPod. Drop us a line, realpuckpod at gmail.com. For our local listeners, Sawmill Road, the band, my band. Let's check it out. Sawmill Road playing at the Lasso Live November 27th. Be there or be square. Puck drop soon for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Episode 90 is a wrap. Go Leafs, go. Hawks are terrible organization is a joke but hey at least on five gamer let's go make it six see you next week